Welcome to Tech's Talking from Alpha Engineering. Hear about the latest innovations, trade secrets, and technological threats. Alpha invites you to learn from our team of tech experts. Learn how to navigate the explosion of technical advances at home, in the workplace, and in the market. Welcome to Tech's Talking. I'm Patrice McCarran of Alpha, and my guest today is Michael Leopold, who's our Director of Technology, a 30-plus-year veteran of IT, both in the federal and the private sector. And today we want to delve into cybersecurity with an eye towards keeping people up to date on the latest trends, everything from the attacks, protecting your private information in the workplace, and for many, working remotely. So candidly, Micah, cybercrimes are skyrocketing, I think at a frightening level. Would you agree? I would, for sure. I mean, uh, it is hitting every aspect of the computer industry, and it is definitely rampant in today's world. How does anyone as an individual or a business stay on top of it? There are multiple ways. Uh, There's a few definite ways to make sure that you can be protected on a very basic level. Backups are definitely one of your highest priorities in terms of ensuring that you're safe. Uh, But then there's also not opening emails that look suspicious or malicious. Uh, And then there's making sure that you have some kind of basic virus protection on your computer that will help prevent some forms of attack. Could we start with talking about some of the methods that people are using just with emails alone to get your money, get your data, get your information? Because there's quite a few different examples like phishing, malware, hacking. I don't think the average person really knows the differences between them. But one of the most popular ways right now is BEC, business email compromises. Is that phishing? Is that a fair description? Yeah, no, for sure. Phishing is definitely the email form of getting basic information from a person without hacking their their system. Uh, They send out a general email um, with very loose information and you click on the email thinking it's a legitimate email and you provide some former information that isn't something that you would generally provide just without thinking about. So one example that I recently read about was where someone in the company got an email that looked like it was from her boss, who was the CEO, telling her to put money in a special bank account. And it looked legit. And she was tricked. What should people look for? There's a few different forms. One is making sure that the domain on the reply email address is legitimate and that it's a real uh, domain that that you're aware of and you know who it is. Uh, another way of telling is making sure that the spellings are correct. A lot of times when it, when it comes from overseas, sometimes there's typos or even grammatical mistakes. That I've seen, that I've seen. Uh, that they're not aware of some of the little tendencies that we use or you use or you're, or you're somebody you, you know well uses. And so, you know, you can kind of tell. And then lastly, just do a little research, you know. Typically, a site like Snopes or something will determine whether or not that those are legitimate emails. Okay. And to tell you whether or not 
it's, it's real or not before you click on them or even open them. And I often, and I think you can attest to this, I will come back to your office and say, is this legit? Sure. <laughs> because sure. oftentimes they, they, they do look real. For sure they do. And I think that's, that's what they're trying to do and make them look like they're from FedEx or from UPS or from, you know, or your boss or your friend or something. Uh, and people click on them inadvertently. And then now they're essentially providing information that is meaning they're compromised. So as a rule of thumb, would you say that people shouldn't click on anything that they're not absolutely certain of? Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. make the call to the boss <laughs> asking you to wire money? Exactly. Okay. Uh, if, it, if, it's a, if it involves money, for sure, absolutely. Um, you should pick up a phone and call the person. Okay. Or just email the person directly and say, hey, I received this from you. Is this real? The, don't hit reply on the email address. You send them an email that's, that's outside of what that email that you received. Now, I've heard people say, if I do it on my phone, I'm safe. If I do it on my laptop, I'm not safe. Is that true? There is some truth to that. Not 100%, but there is some truth to it. It depends on what the email contains or what it's supposed to do. If all the email is, is, hey, send us X amount of dollars and blah, 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 opening it on the computer or the phone won't really do any damage to anything. But if there's malicious code within the email that executes a macro or a virus, then hypothetically opening it on a computer would be damaging. Uh, but opening it on your phone wouldn't really do a lot. Now, are there other phishing emails, other types where they're not asking for money? Yes, for sure. Can you give us some examples? Uh, they ask for gift cards or they're asked, you know, somebody from a poor country asks, says, you know, I've kidnapped somebody or they have some compromising information on you. And then uh, they say, hey, please send us X amount of dollars so that we don't release the information, whether it's Facebook or whether it's Twitter or something. They have some information on you that they're claiming that they have information. Some of them are even, are even using old passwords that you they've gotten from lists and will say your password is ABC and so you think it's legitimate because you have used that password in the past. That happened to me. And then you really should just go and change all your passwords, but you shouldn't mail the person any money. So how is that different from a malware attack? A malware is more of a virus. Okay, and how, how do they let those loose? Those are something because you open the email with malicious code in it. And so then it attacks your computer. Uh, but there's very little interaction from you aside from opening the computer, opening the email. So is this one of the reasons with so many people in the pandemic working remotely, is this one of the reasons that we're more likely to get attacked by malware or phishing because we're mixing business emails with personal emails, maybe checking our Gmail at work. There's some of that. Uh, I also think that the potential is, is that a lot of people are using their computers remotely. They're using their personal computers to connect to their office equipment. And their home equipment just isn't as robust or as secure as some of their office equipment is. And hence, they can get into trouble. And that poses a curious question on my part, which is when you have antivirus on a machine or you've bought a personal computer, often 
the antivirus software for home use is different from what an office would use. Why is that? Cost. Okay. Purely a cost factor. A home product, typically that you buy at Best Buy or wherever, or buy with the computer, will be a lot less expensive than targeted business. And even small businesses run into this same problem because a lot of their products tend to be targeted towards the smaller side Whereas enterprise stuff, they're buying in volume and bulk, and so it covers that cost. And is the virusware for businesses more robust? Can be. Depends where what you buy. Okay. Legal impersonation is another scam that's out there among emails. Is that a lawyer trying to reach out to you, pretending to be, mm. or your accountant trying to get you to get some bank of that? I, those those seem to be fairly low. Um, I, I translate those with the same thing as somebody in a poor country saying, hey, you know, we have information or whatever and holding hostage something and then asking for money through, you know, some legal means. But those are more what I consider legal things, not so much the lawyers and the accountants. So who's the target then? I, I heard it said that they don't care about the companies, then in most of these cases, the target is your bank account. It, w- would you say that's accurate, that, that most of these schemes are designed with dollars and cents? Oh, absolutely. These are businesses. They're not, they're not directly targeting you, Jane Doe or Patrice, as a person. They're targeting money, they're, and they're looking to get paid. So th- they don't know who you are. They just know that potentially they look at you as a dollar sign. Um, they'll look at healthcare as a dollar sign. They look at you know governments as dollar signs. They don't look at the specific people. Um, typically, that's a hacking thing um, that targets a specific person or company, and the hackers will try to attack it due to the fact of who and what they are. Like those are state-sponsored things that are done from a government entity. And they're attacking specifically, typically, another government entity. To get? To get in ransom their system. Or yeah. some kind of money. Yeah. So uh, bogus invoices are another one that, that I brought about? Yep, yep. All these are just phishing scams. And again, ha- what does that entail, bogus invoicing? It's, it's just an invoice that's not real, and you're mailing it. it. It may look real, except that the fact of the matter is the account that you'd be Sending that money to is not the real account. You're sending it to a fake account. Okay, and it's been said that that can happen for a couple months before somebody even discovers. Because businesses don't always. So there should be some safety guards in place for that. Uh, Some banks have put it in place, some, some have not. But even among your own staff, it's something that hypothetically you should have safety guards in place. No one should send money without verifying that it's legit or real. Okay. One of the things that I hear over and over again is that in many, many cases, human error is behind the end result of somebody getting hacked, you know, or the phishing scam is because you clicked a link. Would you agree with that, that it's not that your antivirus isn't working, but oh, absolutely. somebody misjudged an email, said it looked legit, didn't do their due diligence. Should should companies be training people? Absolutely. Uh, 
But I mean, I know companies that have trained people and they still fail it every single time. So it, it's very hard. And there are only so so many safeguards you can put in place. But you should be training people. And, and, and once somebody, it becomes second nature for them not to open or close something and it becomes less of a problem, but it's hard to get there. It takes a lot. Uh, and it is something that is definitely needs to be addressed uh, on a global scale, not so much just a local scale, because it is human error is so common among how this occurs. Okay. So spotting the fake is the toughest challenge. And you had said very early on, looking at the domain. So when you say that, I'm looking at who the email came from, and I'm clicking underneath it to see... Well, look at the after the at symbol. Okay. So it'll have a name and then at symbol and then the domain. So if it's after the at symbol is not a legitimate domain, i.e. Microsoft.com, but Microsoft is spelled with a, you know, they left off one O in Microsoft. And instead of it going to a full Microsoft, your eyes are reading it as Microsoft. But if you don't make sure that it's spelled correctly, you could be sending that to the wrong Microsoft. It has been said that cyber threats will reach $20 billion this year. And there have been a lot of projections on the amounts that cyber criminals are now targeting smaller to medium business, medium-sized businesses because they're easy prey. It's an easy gain. Would you agree? Mm, I don't know. I I'm not sure it's targeted. I think it's just mass targets. They're not looking specifically only for the businesses that have the billions of dollars. They're just like a solar winds, like the Microsoft. Yeah, they're blanketing anybody and everything. And once they catch you, they catch you. I mean, they catch up home users all the time. So it's not just medium and small and home and large. It's it's everybody. And the problem is it's is typically that the large businesses have a whole team of people working to prevent these types of things. And they can spend lots of time and effort to try to prevent it. Whereas the small and medium and home users can't afford that level of prevention or, you know, to stop it. And so they don't have that ability to try to discern when it is something bad or right. And so that's when they, how they get caught much easier in a net. It's, it's more of a net versus somebody throwing out a fishing line looking specifically for a single type of fish. Okay, okay. So a digital forensic chief here in Maryland said that 60% of small businesses hit by ransomware will go out of business in a, within a year. That's huge. And that it can typically take up to a month to restore their data after a ransomware attack. Is it because of the volume of money that they're stealing from these companies? Or is it... Mm, there's some of that. But it's also uh, a lot has to do with the ability to function within the way that they've hit you. So the ability to navigate the digital currency world can be very tough. <laughs> and... Most people have no idea how to do that. And so, again, I mean, aside from the, the things we mentioned in the beginning, the three ways to kind of protect, general ways to protect you, the, what you want to do also is potentially look at cyber insurance. 
because after everything's been paid for and uh, restored, you want to hypothetically recoup some of those costs that incurred to undo what occurred, as well as hypothetically, hopefully pay back for the digital currency that had to be exchanged. Okay, so we're running out of time. The three most important things that you think people should be doing right now to protect themselves. Uh, Backups, backups, and backups. No, but backups and then antivirus and really just... Being careful. Being careful. Um, And and using, you know, secure passwords um, can help. And all these things are just... Scratching the surface? Yeah, and encompassing a lot more. But, okay. You know, but backups are definitely your first line of defense. And again, if you're listening, it's because if you lose everything, at least you've got what you've saved and a backup. That's right. Correct? Yeah. Okay. Micah, this has been very informative. I hope it's helped everybody who's listening. And uh, we'll be back with more because, as everybody knows, cybersecurity and cyber threats are evolving. And as fast as the technology is evolving, they're finding new ways to let themselves in. Tech is not a perfect world. It leaves it wide open for human error. And our goal is to spread the knowledge of this vast industry and help you at home and at your offices have an easier insight into how you can meet your technology demands. Thank you again to Micah Leopold, our Director of Technology. I'm Patrice McCarran. Thanks for joining us for Tech's Talking from Alpha Engineering. If you have questions or a topic you'd like us to tackle, drop us an email at info at alphaemgr.com. Your digital world changes daily. Our job at Alpha is to simplify your job with solutions. We'll see you next time on Text Talking from Alpha.